right. Appreciate TJ and the band and their leadership. We are in our second week of a series I've entitled Daniel. Um, so we are looking through the book of Daniel. We're not obviously going verse by verse. We're not even going really chapter by chapter. We're just going to pull out four, uh, what I believe are incredible stories from the book of Daniel that uh, maybe we are a little familiar with. Last week, we kind of jumped right in uh, to a story that we're all, we all were probably taught in BBS, um, uh, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And uh, those are stories that we've kind of grown up with and hopefully learned a little something new about. We, we started last week, even before that, talking about kind of some of the interesting characteristics that define the book of Daniel. Uh, everything from the the narrative and the uh, the vision division of the book. Remember, it was written in two different languages, not only Hebrew but also Aramaic, and it was also has a lot of prophetic information in the book that obviously eventually came through and uh, and came true. Uh, we don't have time to get into all of that, but just know that those are all parts of what kind of makes this book so unique and so important and so uh, so incredible. So. Uh, I believe what we're going to talk about today has the potential to really challenge us and really kind of push us beyond our our comfort zone and our faith boundaries and I believe really kind of speak some hard truth to us. And, and I just want to kind of point this out because I think this is important. I didn't even talk about it last week, but we've been saying this wrong the whole time. I'd be willing to bet 95% of us have been saying this wrong the whole time. And this is just one simple little nugget of, of neat things about this book that we don't really uh, pay attention to because we live in South Arkansas and all of our words blend together anyway, right? And so we have probably, and if I'm correct, if I walked up to you and said, can you finish the three people? If I said Shadrach, Meshach, you would say Abednego, Abednego right? That is incorrect. We say A-B-E-N-D-E-G-O, Abednego. His name is Abednego, A-B-E-D-N-E-G-O. And so we have been saying his name wrong since we were four years old in vacation Bible school, right? And that's just one thing. I was reading through it this a uh, couple of weeks ago, and I thought, I've been saying that name wrong my whole life, right? And these are just little nuances that we find within the book of Daniel that I think are so interesting if you just really sit down and read it and really get into it. So let me catch you up from what happened last week into where which leads us into uh, this week. Last week, remember, we, uh, we ended the story with those three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and how they came out of the fiery furnace. And remember, not a, anything on them was harmed, not their clothes, not their hair, uh, not even their clothes smelled like smoke, which is an incredible uh, point out of that whole story. And in this moment, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, he has this what seems to be this holy revelation moment. Uh, and he kind of promotes these men to even higher rank. He said, no one can say anything uh, negative against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, if they do, then they will be cut into pieces and their houses will be turned into piles of rubble, which is, seems to be a little harsh, but that's just kind of the way he, uh, the way he said it. But in all actuality, this is not, I want to kind of pull back here, this is not a heart change from Nebuchadnezzar. This is really him just adding God, capital G God that we recognize, into his list of little g gods that he already worships, okay? The fancy word for that is called synchronism, and that just means God plus other things. And essentially, he's just kind of covering his bases, okay? If you think of it like that, you can even go back into history, and there's a lot of other people who do that. Um, 
even a guy that we would even say made leaps and bounds for Christianity, remember Emperor Constantine, okay, I'm taking you back to 325 uh, AD. 325 AD, Constantine comes in and he liberates Christianity. He makes it legal. Uh, remember we had the Roman emperors from Nero uh, and, and even Ignatius, or not Ignatius, Nero and um, uh, ooh, I forgot the other guy's name. Anyway, they were really, really hard to Christians. They were, it was illegal to worship because they saw that as not worshiping the emperor. Well, finally Constantine comes along and he kind of liberates Christianity, but even Constantine waits until his deathbed to be baptized because he just wasn't really quite sure. And he thought, well, I'm going to cover 